I'm excited to share tonight about, uh, about hunger for God, um, but it's an, it's an interesting thing for me because um, I'm talking about something that for me has been quite innate. Um, for me, in the 14 years that I've been following Jesus, um, and that has been a very imperfect journey, um, one thing that has remained consistent, and Pastor Josh kind of alluded to it, is that there has just been in the deepest part of my soul um, a, a hunger and a longing to know God and to, and to, and to make Him known. Um, and so to articulate that is, is, it's like when something's intangible, when it's just something that you've always felt and always known, it's, it's interesting to try and articulate, but we're going to try and do that. And I, but I do hope that as I speak tonight, um, that if you miss every single word, that you catch that, um, that you would leave here uh, with an appetite for the presence of God, with an appetite to know Him and to, and to make Him known and to be used by Him. But I actually, um, I'm so thankful that God uses the foolish to confound the wise because I've been a fool for Jesus, man. I remember being a 14-year-old um, in, a, in a youth camp setting in a ministry moment, um, being so hungry for the presence of God and just feeling really stirred, um, but not necessarily knowing what to do. It's kind of just like I just got a little bit antsy and I was just hungry enough for the presence of God, trying to listen for His voice. Um, and all I felt in the moment was to just begin to do push-ups. Um, and yeah, I know, it's like bizarre. Um, and in my mind, and look, the, whether or not the motive was completely pure, like there was probably the majority of it was like 80% was hungering after God, 20% was probably my teenager trying to show off. Anyway, um, in, my, in my heart, I was like, Lord, I will keep doing push-ups until I collapse as a sign of my devotion to you, Lord, that I will keep just, I'm not doing push-ups on the stage because I'm weak. It's not happening. I'm sorry. It's, you know, my, I don't have that upper body strength anymore. Praise the Lord. Um, but um, I just remember just looking like a complete idiot for Jesus. Like, no one else was doing this. This was just me in the middle of, like, you know, probably 60 young people. I just drop into about 19 because that was about all I could do, and then I collapsed. Um, but, but it came from this, this, this stirring and this, hung, and this hunger, not necessarily knowing how to, how to display that to God, but that was the best I had in the moment as a sign of like, Lord, until I collapse for the rest of my days, I'm going to give it all to you. Um, and that was the beginning to, 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 the, to my earliest recollection of what it was to hunger after God. Um, complete fool. I'm still here. Praise God. Something must have worked. God was just kind. Um, but I also remember the moment that I encountered the presence of God truly for the first time. And another youth camp setting, and I'd been to many different conferences, been to many kind of uh, atmospheres where the presence of God was moving, and I saw people to the left, to the right, in front of me, behind me, uh, encountering God in a real powerful way, some falling over, some weeping, some speaking in the heavenly prayer languages, and I was here, there as a teenager, feeling nothing, but so longing and hungering after it, and I'd have multiple people lay hands, I'd fall over, um, almost as like a, almost as just like to kind of encourage them and what they were doing, but I felt nothing. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it, in, in, if you've been in Christendom for long enough, you know it's called a sympathy fall. Um, that was, that was, that was me. Um, pretty much like every time. But I, I was getting so frustrated. In fact, in this, in this moment that I recall, I began to weep because I was like, Lord, is there something wrong with me? I've been, I'm doing everything that I can possibly perceive and understand to hunger after this, this encounter, this, this sense of your presence that everyone around me is talking about and being so powerfully moved by. And it was, this was, it was in another, you know, everyone was standing up, everyone was out the front, the, the preacher was going for it. They're all falling. I postured my heart with this position of hunger and still nothing. And then I remember going back to, going back to my cabin and just articulating this to a really close friend of mine. Um, and in, in the cabin room there, he just said, 
switch off your brain and just posture yourself to receive. And he just began to pray. And in that moment, when I actually just switched off, stopped striving, I encountered the peace of God. I encountered the presence of God and it just began, it was, it felt like from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, it was just like, it was just like this liquid, this Holy Ghost liquid was being poured into me. And I, it felt like it began to rise from, from at the sole of my feet to the top of my head. And then I actually started to get giddy. It's, um, you, you might've heard in, 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 in church circles called being drunk in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's all of the perks without any of the, uh, after effects where you just begin to, where you just begin to feel this overwhelming sense of joy. And I actually probably wasn't cognitively present. I just was not, I was giggling like an idiot all around the place. But it was just because I was having this moment where the presence of God was just ministering to me. And it opened up this well within me that has never left, that has never left. And so now there's this, there's this closeness, to this, there's this communion is what the scriptures say with the Holy Spirit, where I now am more sensitive to his presence. And um, I'm thankful that it didn't actually end there, that the, the, but the hunger has continued. And every time I've hungered after God, he has met me where, I'm, where, I've, where I've been at. And I actually just believe tonight, if you're, if you're here and you resonate to that story in that you've hungered after the presence of God, um, it's been a really deep desire of your heart, and you have yet to encounter it. Um, after, after, at the end of my message, we're actually just going to create an opportunity to hunger after God, and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you tonight. I truly do believe if you have yet to receive that baptism, that, that infilling of the presence of Almighty God, I believe tonight could be a night if you would lean in and open up your heart. But, uh, oh man, it's good. The presence of God is good, and we're going to dive into what it is to hunger after Him. Um, but the thing is, whether, whether or not you're, um, whether you've been following Jesus for, you know, many a year, whether you're new to faith or whether you found yourself here and you still haven't quite figured out why, um, all of us have a deep sense of longing for fulfillment, for fulfillment. And Jesus actually speaks into this a little bit um, when, when, uh, when he's speaking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and it's, uh, it's a key to complete satisfaction. It says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now, um, sounds like a really, uh, you know, pretty scripture, but if you think about it for a second, it's, it kind of seems like a bit of an oxymoron, because Jesus is saying, in order to be filled, you've got to be hungry. In order to be filled, you've got to be thirsty, which, like, if you're hungry and you're thirsty, that's your body actually telling you you don't have enough. So, why is he saying, when we posture ourselves in a place of hunger is when we actually are filled? And so um, I'm just going to unpackage what it is to, yeah, to, to, to be hungry and to be thirsty in such a way that actually gives us complete and total satisfaction. Whatever it is that, you're, that you've been searching for in your life, whether it's love, whether it's acceptance, purpose, identity, peace, breakthrough, whatever it is, you can actually experience complete and total satisfaction, fulfillment that the world does not have to offer. You cannot find it anywhere else. It is found in Jesus and in His Word, and we're going to discover what that is together. We all know what it feels like, right, when you've been craving something, um, and the, when you actually get a hold of that thing and partake of it, how good it feels. Or when you've been like, when you haven't had an ounce of water for the entire day, probably because you got uh, busy or focused, and then you're just like parched as, and then you like just have that first sip, and it's just like you are a new being because of just like how good it feels to, to drink water. But Jesus is actually talking about when we, 
Well, in, in our spirit, because you know, the hunger and thirst that Jesus is talking about isn't so much a physical hunger. He's talking about the longing of our spirit, of our soul, that is, that is put in us from the day we're born. We all are missing it from the moment that we come into this world. Jesus is talking about uh, spiritually when we are in a posture of craving and longing for something, in that place we experience complete and utter fulfillment, complete satisfaction when we posture ourselves like that towards God. So what does it mean to hunger and thirst, and specifically to hunger and thirst after righteousness, after God? Um, we understand that when we, when we hunger for something, right, that makes us a little bit desperate. When we're starving for something, if you've got a craving, um, you don't care who gets in your way, you're binding that thing. If you have not eaten all day, like most of us probably are at the moment in the middle of a fast, and it comes to around six o'clock, seven o'clock, and you've yet to eat, things just start to get a bit fuzzy, and you start to turn red if you do not find food this instant. And if anyone gets you in the way or like delay, I might just be talking about myself. That's, and if that's the case, you know what, you can just, you can just join with me as I do. As, as I vent. Um, but if, if, uh, if, you know, particularly like on a Sunday at the moment, because we're not, we're not eating until dinner. So when it gets like, I'm normally a real social person um, after the service on a Sunday, but once it gets past probably like quarter past seven, 7.30, it's like my body is like, is it needs food. So get out of my way um, because I need to get home um, because we then have to cook. So I'm not eating until like nine o'clock. So um, yeah, help me. Anyway, <laughs> um, when we, uh, when we hunger, we get desperate. Um, when we, that's, that's in the physical and in the spiritual. When we hunger for things, we start looking in every single place that we can think of. We start trying everything to satisfy that hunger. And when you're, when you're hungry or craving after a particular thing, you know that nothing else will cut it. If you're looking for a block of chocolate, chocolate milk does not satisfy. A chocolate-coated peanut or whatever doesn't satisfy. It's a block of chocolate. That's it. Nothing else. And so our spirit longs, and when we hunger in the spirit, there is actually only one thing that you and I are searching after, but we will go to the ends of the earth to try and find it. And despite trying to satisfy it in other things, whether it be substances, relationships, success, money, all those different kinds of things that never satisfies, never hits the spot, Jesus is the only one who does. And so that's what he's saying. When we actually hunger in that way, nothing else satisfies except him. Um, so that's what it is to hunger. So what does it mean to hunger after righteousness? Firstly, it means that we hunger for the will of God. Um, John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus is speaking. Uh, after his disciples are encouraging him to eat some physical food. He says this, my, fill, my, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. And then he actually uh, elaborates to a, to a crowd a little bit later on in John chapter 6, verse 27 to 29. It says this, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed a seal of his approval. They asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Um, you and I only find complete satisfaction in this life when we live for the will of God and not our own. Um, when you make money the goal of your life, when you, when you, when you just endeavor in your, in your mind, I'm going to make as much money as I can to the, to the day I die, when you come to that day and it all goes away, are you actually fulfilled? Are you actually fulfilled? When you make money the goal, money's actually, you actually never get to a place where you're like, I have earned enough to be satisfied. You're always looking for the next goal, the next million, billion, uh, thousand, if you're me, um, <laughs> um, or, or, you know, money just, you, you never have enough. The richest people in the world didn't just go, oh yeah, I'm satisfied, I'm a cap it at, you know, so many billion, they're still going. 
And the same thing as if, we, if you and I uh, hunger after uh, accolades or fame, you'll compromise and do anything you can to get the next 100,000 Instagram followers or whatever it is. Again, for me, 10. Um, or, you know, whatever it is. You'll, you'll do all that you can to try and get that recognition from people. But at the end of the day, when you come to the end of your life and, you know, those 950 million people have actually don't know you, are you filled? Jesus is actually saying he found complete and utter fulfillment, not even in doing his own will, but the will of the one who sent him. And so for you and I, when we make the goal, not even just feeling good, but pursuing the will of God, that's where we find satisfaction. This is how Jesus says it in Matthew 10, verse 39. Whoever finds their life, that means when we take a hold of it for ourselves, we lose it. But whoever loses their life for his sake, for the sake of Jesus, will find it. When we place those things that we're searching for second to living in God's will, His best for our lives, that's when we actually find the greatest satisfaction is because we align ourselves to the one who authored what life is. He is the author of life. So why would we not look to His instruction? Why would we not look to His leadership, to His ways to actually find life as opposed to trying to figure it out in our own, in our own way? Because the world has not been able to define really. They've been searching for decades and millennia and beyond what it is to find true satisfaction and that you'll, they'll try to diagnose it with a whole bunch of different things, but really at the end of the day, nothing perfectly encapsulates it like Jesus. In Matthew 6.33, if you've been in church long enough, you know this scripture. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's what I love about God. When we actually make our priority, when we align ourselves, when we hunger after seeing his will done in our lives, first and foremost, not just do we actually find true fulfillment, but all those other things that we care about, those other, all those other things in the natural are taken care of are taken care of. So we need to posture ourselves in hunger, not after our own, try to like map it out in the dark and try to figure out in our own strength. Hunger after the will of God in your life. Even just begin to ask yourself, what, what am I actually on the earth for? And it, it, is, it, is, it just comes down to this, to know Jesus and to make him known. And whatever, whatever skill set you have, whatever, whatever your desires are, if you, would just, if you would submit it to that idea, to that focus, to that goal of knowing Jesus and making him known, you'll find life. We've got to hunger for the will of God. And then secondly, we've got to hunger for the Word of God. Jesus again, Matthew 4 verse 4. It's almost like Jesus has the words to life. Uh, Matthew 4 verse 4 says this, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then in Job 23 verse 12, it says this, Job is speaking and he says, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Now you need to understand about Job. He's saying this in the middle of suffering when he has nothing. He's lost family. He's lost inheritance. He's lost finances. He is actually crippled with disease. And he says, still, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than the daily bread that I partake, which was the only thing sustaining him. The only thing sustaining him. And in the same way that we, you and I need food to sustain our earthly, like our physical bodies, you and I are incapable of living a healthy spirituality without the word of God. Trying to follow Jesus without the Word of God is like trying to run a marathon for life on nothing. Good luck. Not going to happen. It's like, trying, it's like trying to navigate a trip from here to Paris without a map, 
without a vehicle and not even knowing what Paris looks like. That is what it's that, that is what trying to follow Jesus without the word of God is like. It's like trying to play the drums without a kit. You might look like you've got the groove, but no one's hearing anything. Air drumming, air drumming's only cool to the to the person who drums, and I'm I don't know I know because I do that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a tapper from birth. It's the worst thing in the world. It annoys my mum to, to no end. But the Word of God is the spiritual nutrition that we need to sustain a lifelong journey of following Him. The Word of God is where we actually discover, where we actually discover the one that we're hungering after to begin with. Like, we're talking about hungering after God. How do we know who we're hungering after unless we read His, his self, like, this is who he is. This is our identity. This is his self-identification. If you want to know who you're hungering after, you've got to read the Word. And Joshua 1 verse 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It's actually not just enough to get... And look, when you're starting off reading the Word, verse of the, verse of the day through the Bible app is a great place to start, but that's not actually where our, our discipleship is meant to stay. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not actually meant to be, oh, I'm going to take my three minutes to just flick through a chapter and keep moving. That's not, that's not following Jesus. That's not digesting the Word of God. That's not meditation. When we, when we chew upon the Word, when we mutter on it, and when we actually fill our minds continually with the Word of God, that is when we begin to see the fruit of it. It's like when, when you actually chew your food as opposed to just like shovel it down. When you shovel your food, and I'm, I'm a shoveler, so I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, you miss all the nutrients because it sometimes just ends up straight down to the other end before you can actually absorb anything. <laughs> and in the same way, when we approach the Word of God in the same fashion where it's just like, okay, I'm going to get my quick fix and keep moving, you, it doesn't change you. It doesn't change you, but you've actually got to chew upon it. When was the last time you sat down with the Scriptures and truly considered what you were reading? Not just fulfilling your religious duty, but going step by step, I'm, I'm line by line, actually contemplating what this means, where God is in the midst of the Scripture. How does it change my life? When was the last time you read a Scripture that actually messed with you? When was the last time you read a Scripture and it did not make sense? And instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you actually wrestled with it. You actually tried to come to a place of understanding and revelation and inviting the Holy Spirit to illuminate what that saying is opposed to just putting your own spin on it and moving on with your life and creating your own theology. That's not what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. We're meant to wrestle and meditate and chew upon the Word. Because when we do that, that spiritual sustenance, those nutrients begin to enrich our lives so much so that it, it manifests outward and changes how we live, changes how we think. We've got to hunger after the Word of God. That's what it is to hunger after Him. And if hungering after the Word is like our bread and our food, the water that we need to sustain our, our, our spiritual life in Christ is the presence of God. We've got to hunger for the presence of God because if we, if we have just the Word without the presence, we have the knowledge without the encounter and the experience, but if we have the presence without the Word, then we have all of the encounter without knowing the one that we're encountering. Psalm 42, verse 1 to 2, it's a beautiful scripture. It says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with Him? And one of my favorite passages of scripture in Psalm 63 
verse 1 and verse 5 is what I'm going to focus on. It says this, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. It's not passive, it's active. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. David's saying this in the middle of a desert. So there actually is no water and still more so he longs for the presence of God. And then he says in the middle of a desert, I will be fully satisfied. There it is, that Matthew 5 verse 6, they'll be filled when they hunger and thirst for righteousness. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. With the richest of foods, as with a roast lamb, as with, as with uh, you know, I'm not going to start going there because all the, all, all, I know that the fasting people are hating me right now, but maybe it'll just, it'll remind you of who you're fasting for. Anyway, and then John 6, 35, then, he's, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. When we hunger after the presence of God, when we hunger after G- God himself, not, not even just what he can do, not just, uh, not just his ways, but his presence, his closeness, God himself, when we, when we hunger after that closeness, that intimacy, that's when we experience that satisfaction of never going hungry, never going, not going thirsty. We no longer have to go to the things that we used to go to before we met him. We never have to go to the, su- to the substances. We never have to go to one relationship to the next. We never have to go to, uh, to even that instant gratification of video games and Netflix that really just numbs the pain that we feel inside. When we draw close to him, when we partake of Him, the bread of life, the bread of life, that picture is when we allow Him in, in, into our lives, life is found. And not just life in this life, but life eternal. Life eternal. There's this beautiful, um, beautiful passage of Scripture just early on in John 4 where Jesus meets with the woman at the well. And they have a bit of a back and forth about uh, whether or not she's going to give Him a, uh, a, something to drink. And uh, they had this, this discourse back and forth, and eventually at the end of, the, uh, at the end of their conversation, um, he reveals himself to her as the Messiah. And it, it then begins to say in, in verse 28, at the end of their conversation, that she heads back into town and she left a water jar there. And the significance of that is she came to the well because she was physically thirsty, but left leaving the thing that she was using to, to, to fulfill herself because she'd been filled. She had been so spiritually filled by her encounter with Jesus that she actually forgot she was physically thirsty. And I actually believe tonight that there are people here like that woman at the well, that you've been longing and you've been searching to the ends of the earth. You've tried everything and you find yourself still dry. You find yourself still hungry, still thirsty, recognizing that nothing can truly satisfy. And I actually believe tonight that Jesus wants to be the one who would fulfill the deepest cry of your heart. The thing that you have uh, gone home, told no one about, that is just aching in the depths of your soul, that you haven't been able to put a finger on, but you know it's missing. Jesus is it. He is the one that truly wants to satisfy your life. And not just a satisfaction that lasts until the day you die, but it continues on to eternity a closeness and intimacy with Him. It's life and life eternal, a life that you cannot comprehend until you've tasted of it. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to create an opportunity and extend an invitation to anyone here tonight that wants to invite Jesus in, 
to begin a relationship with him and partake of the bread of life and see his love just consume your entire being and change you from the inside out. And so right here, right now, I just want us all to close our eyes because I, I believe that there are three types of people here tonight. And firstly, um, you might be here and I'm talking to you and you've never, you've never met Jesus. You've never begun a relationship with him. Um, and for whatever reason you find yourself here, I believe, friend, that it is not by accident. I believe that there is a divine appointment awaiting you with God. You are created you are created to know God and to be known by Him and to be completely and utterly satisfied in this life in a way that you never knew you could be. In a moment, if that's you and you want to invite Jesus in, place your faith and your trust in Him, I'm going to get you to raise your hand. I'll acknowledge I've seen it. You can put it down and we're going to pray a prayer inviting the God of heaven into our lives. And secondly, you may be here and uh, everything that I'm saying is somewhat familiar because once upon a time you had a relationship with God. But for whatever reason, you found yourself drifting away, and tonight you feel the call and a stirring to come back because you remember what it, what it tasted like, what it was like to, to know God, and you've forgotten it, and you feel it stirring in you again. In a moment, I'm going to get you to raise your hand. And lastly, if you're here and you believe in God, which is amazing, but when you contemplate the idea of eternity, I was talking about eternal life. You don't have a security on the inside. You can know that in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that He is the only way, the only way to know God, the only way to have peace and security and eternal life. So if you are here and you're any one of those three people, no one's looking around. Right where you are in your seat, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. This is a moment to be bold. No one's looking around. This is between you and God. One, two, three. Is there anyone here that wants to put their faith in Jesus? Awesome. In the center, I see your hand. That's so beautiful. God sees that. Is there anyone else who wants to join my friend in the center here who's made that decision to follow Jesus? I believe that this could be a game changer tonight. I believe that you could leave here with a joy that you've never known, with a love that you've never known, with a peace that you've never known. Is there anyone else? I feel specifically for people, there's someone here who you identify with that second type of person where you've drifted and you actually even now feel that stirring and that, that longing. You're feeling God just draw on your heart. Who's that person tonight? Would you just be bold and raise your hand? Don't want to miss this moment. Don't want to miss this moment. Wonderful. Well, what we're going to do all together is we're going to pray this prayer together. And for my friend in the center, I want you to say it like you're saying directly to God. But because we're a church family, we're going to pray this together. Pray this after me, church. Dear Heavenly Father. I thank you that you love me. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And I believe tonight that he is who he says he is. And he died on the cross and rose again so that I could know you. I'm sorry for doing life my way. I'm turning to you tonight. And I invite you to fill me, to change me, and help me to live for you from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Would you put your hands together for that one person who said yes to Jesus? Come on. That is, that's a game changer. And for that person who raised your hand, I want to encourage you. You've actually just, this is the beginning. It's the beginning of a lifelong journey of meeting and walking with your best friend. 
uh, Jesus. And there is, there, is a, there is an atmosphere and there is a way that you can continue to know Him better and not let this be just a one-time moment that doesn't continue on with you. And so I just want to encourage you, keep coming to church. Or maybe if you were that person that didn't put your hand up in that moment, I feel like you're here. This, this applies to you as well. Keep coming to church because in this atmosphere, you will come to know God in a greater way. And secondly, I would encourage you to, to come along to Alpha because I know that in that atmosphere, that, that welcoming atmosphere where you can ask all the questions um, and in a, really, in, a, in a great community of people who are asking the same ones, you would begin to understand and know who he is. But one more time, put your hands together for that person. Heaven's rejoicing. Heaven's rejoicing. Beautiful. What we're going to do right now is uh, we're just going to create some time just to hunger after God together. I talked about it at the beginning of, uh, of the service. And so I just want to sort of stand to our feet. Um, there's, this, there's this old song that was on my heart that I'm assuming we have. Bless the Lord. Um, uh, this song that was on, on my heart from, it's an old Hillsong song. It's called, uh, This is the Air I Breathe. And um, it's this beautiful song, really, really simple lyrics. And it's just a song of complete and utter abandon and desperation for the presence of God. And I believe people are here tonight and you are thirsting and hungering after God. And we're going to fill this altar in a moment. And I do believe uh, that if you would open your heart and lean in and worship, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to release something fresh over your life and to just reignite that closeness. So if you are here and you are hungry for God, this moment is for you just to make it really clear. Um, but we're going we're gonna to sing sing this song, really, really simple lyrics. Um, and the, the chorus is so beautiful. It just sings, I am desperate for you. Lord, I'm lost without you. It's this beautiful, this song of abandon. We're just going to begin to sing it. And as you, as you worship, I just encourage you to posture your heart and just open your heart to, to just begin to hunger after God, whether that's with words or not, but just stretch out and reach out. And as God stirs your heart, just begin to come to the front. And I just believe we're going to pray for, for specific things. I feel specifically if you're here um, and you've lost that hunger and you've lost that thirst, you, uh, you remember, even now as I'm talking, what it was like to be on fire for Jesus, what it was like to just be in complete and utter abandon in His presence, and you miss it. The Holy Spirit is inviting you now to hunger again. Maybe you were discouraged. Um, maybe you just began to do the ins and outs of ministry and church life, and it's just left you a little bit cold and a little bit, and just a little bit hungry and thirsty again without necessarily recognizing it. This moment's for you. Um, if you're that person that I was talking about at the beginning where you've been hungering after the presence of God, but you have yet to encounter Him, He's here tonight. He's here tonight. He wants to, he wants to touch your life. He wants to leave you changed. If you would come and just, just open up your heart. But worship team, why don't you just begin to sing? Thank you, Jesus. And just all across this place, just lift your hands. Just let this song wash over you. Thank you, Jesus. we are tonight, precious Jesus. Come on, just stir your heart.
just let the cry of your heart just begin to lift. Just keep singing that. Just keep singing that. We're desperate for you, Lord. as we just continue to sing this, if you're hungry for a fresh touch of heaven, if you just long for more of God, just make your way to the front now. Just make your way to the front. Be bold and just hunger after Him. He's here. He's here. He wants to shift some things. Come on, if you're not satisfied with yesterday's infilling of the Spirit, just come. Thank you, Jesus. We're so desperate for you, Lord. Something that I feel in this moment, um, sometimes uh, we, can, uh, we can spoil our hunger for God. Um, just like uh, when you eat snacks or candy before, before dinner and you come into dinner and you miss the opportunity to really enjoy the meal because you're already full. We can spoil our appetite and our hunger for God with the things of this world and with sin. And we miss out on the fullness of God because we've, we're still... We're looking at God with one eye and we're looking at everything else with another. We're, we're, we're not completely hungering after Him because there's some things that are distracting us. And whether you're uh, on the front and that's relating to you or if you're even here tonight and that's speaking to you, just in this moment as we continue to sing, I want you just to present that to God. I'm not asking for hands to be raised, but just to really allow the Holy Spirit to highlight what that thing is. If you feel like there's been a ceiling in your ability to encounter the presence of God, just let Him, let him search your heart. Present it to Him. Let's keep singing. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're lost without you, Jesus. without you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you every distraction tonight. Everything that's not of you, take it away. We need you and only you, Lord. 
Yvette Bosman, Yvette Bosman, Yvette, I don't know if you can hear me. I, I just, uh, as we were in worship, I felt uh, God show me a picture of you riding a horse into an open plain um, with, uh, and it was, it was, it was picking up speed. Um, and I felt the Lord just want to encourage you. There's a great level of freedom coming to you, not from something, but just a freedom to just enjoy the presence of God, a freedom to enjoy the presence of God that you've never known. And you're, and you've tasted of it, and it's it's there. But there's a there's a, there's a deeper level of freedom, and you're just going to begin to just get lost and abandoned in the presence of God. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, oh Father, release that freedom, oh that joy, Lord. Those who wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll run and not grow weary. Oh Father, I thank you that weariness will never be an issue for her. Father, because she is just lost and abandoned and waits upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shorty. Shorty. Uh, I saw you and I saw you uh, at the front of a rock. And you're, and you're leading the rock against the enemy. And, you're, and you've, you've got some strong men on either side of you. And uh, there's been contention and, con- and, and contesting. That's the right word, isn't it? Contesting against you but you've held your ground until this moment and the Lord's saying, now it's time to push back. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost, the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost, the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost to lead strong men against the enemy. Oh, you are a ground taker for the kingdom. You're a ground taker for the kingdom. Oh, release it right now, Lord Jesus. Release it right now, Lord. The discouragement and the contesting ends now. It's time to push back. Father, release the power and the strength and the boldness upon him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's keep singing. Let's keep singing. Let's keep singing. Come on, let's just engage our hearts. Don't miss this moment. Just press in. just let it go higher. Really just begin to cry out all across this place. Yes! We hunger for you, Jesus. We're so desperate, Lord. We're so desperate for you, for your love, for your presence. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, right now, oh, we pray. Father, we pray that you would just begin to stir up a greater hunger within us. Lord, a hunger that wouldn't just live here, but would go with us as we go home. Father, we pray, Lord, as we hunger and thirst for more of you, that you would meet us right there with a greater infilling of your love, a greater infilling of your presence. Holy Spirit, that you would overflow, Lord, in us such that those around us would receive of what you have done in us. Father, we pray that you would fill us with such of your water, Lord, that it would pour out into every sphere of our lives. Lord, that we would see families, Lord, workplaces. Father, just one 
for the name of Jesus, because of what you are doing in us. We ask for more in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just quickly go grab your seat? I just want to leave us with one practical thing uh, to, to do with what we've just spoken about. Because um, it's one thing to say hunger after God, but how do we actually action that? What's something that we can do this week? You can grab your seat. Um, that we can actually do to hunger after God. Firstly, I want to encourage you, if you haven't actually partaken in the fast up until this point, um, if you're hungering after God, do it for the next seven days. It doesn't need to be, you know, nothing until dinner, but just find something. What's something in your life right now that you can give, give up for a week just to press into God? And can I encourage you, if you have yet to begin a prayer life, or even for those who are fasting, if you have yet to set a prayer goal, can I encourage you to do it? Just to be really intentional about how you're going to seek after God in prayer. Not so that we can meet a goal, but when we give it that focus, it just helps us to keep ourselves accountable, but just to press after God and to make an, an intentional decision to seek Him in prayer. Whether that's to begin praying, or to pray for 15 minutes if you've been praying for five, or to even double your prayer life over this next week. Whatever it is, let the Holy Spirit speak. And then secondly, if you have yet to actually begun seeking God in the Word, start this week. Start tonight. And not just your verse of the day, but can I challenge you to memorize a passage of Scripture this week? Just pick, pick a psalm and just go from head to toe, I'm going to memorize that thing. Or hey, read the book of John over this week. It's 21 chapters. That's three chapters a day. And for those who are struggling to read, read it with an audio Bible because it will actually help you to track along and it will take less than 15 minutes. Make that, just make it an intentional goal. And then lastly, Powerhouse Conference is coming up. You know, you know what it's like to walk past a neighbor who's cooking a barbecue and you smell it and as soon as, as, soon as you smell it, it just makes you salivate? Again, hung, hung, uh, fasting people are hating me right now. Um, when, when, we, when we posture ourselves in an environment where the Spirit of God is beginning to just to, to emit in, in the atmosphere, it stirs a hunger. When we see other people who are hungering after God and partaking of Him, it stirs a hunger. So just register. Find, like whether it's, we've got night, night sessions opening up, just find yourself there because I know that God's going to move. I just believe in the depths of my spirit that God's going to do something and shift hearts. And if you're hungering after it, just come. Just do whatever you can just to be there because I know that as you, as you meet God in a position of hunger, He'll meet you right there. As we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. But that's it from me. I'm going to pass it over to Pastor T.